Material Components, Season 2, Episode 11, Quiet as the Grave. Greetings and welcome to Material Components, the actual play RPG show all about a galaxy of magic and the adventurers who live there. I am your humble dragon master, Mike Gergoni, and joining me, as always, are my stalwart adventurers. Hey, adventurers. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having us. You betcha. Yeah. And Elliot got the correct answer, so they get one and, XP. Oh, I remembered. <laughs> it, it, was a, it was a joke when Reed did it. Now it's now real. Now oh, it's now real. it's real. Cool. <laughs> cool. I'm not going to internalize that at all. I'm the favorite. <laughs> uh, hey, hey, everybody. Uh, I am Olivia, and I will be playing Florian of Akalar. I'm Elliot. I'm not actually the favorite. And I will be playing Shay, uh, Wizard School Dropout. I think Lisman's the favorite. I don't know if that's true. I mean, I have known the DM the longest. Hi, I'm Michael, and I'm playing Oswald Octavian Theophilus III. And I'm uh, Reed. I am Reed Lisman. Mm-hmm. And I'll be playing yeah. Amari, everyone's favorite mech pilot. <laughs> Lisman is the favorite. Is, is, the favorite. is Amari a, a, a mech pilot? Because Oswald has not seen any evidence. Uh, You've seen the mech. So... I thought he was going to say, is he everyone's favorite mech pilot? Because. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would have been funnier. Oh, damn. But leastways. Of course, before we begin today's session, I would like to ask the same question I ask every time. And that is, Olivia, do you remember what happened last time? I do. Uh, after our harrowing escape from Talgon City, it was time for a little R&R and a downtime session. So... Oh, gosh. Uh, just, like, trying to think of all the things that happened all at once. So many things. Um, yeah. We, well, first of all, I'll start with what the happened to everybody. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Shay, and, Shay and Oswald had a little bit of a harrowing shared experience in the form of uh, a horrible dream involving uh, Ozzy's brain being read by some dark, sinister figure. It like was a, gross. Like a pink, moist book. Like a, well, uh, um, yeah. a wet book. I was very <laughs> proud of the evocative nature when I said wet pages. Yes. God, I hated that. Yeah. So bad. <laughs> yeah, so that's probably unimportant. Who yeah. gives a shit? Yeah. Um, Laying the groundwork for the grander story we're telling here. No, probably not. Uh, but with that, um, we were <laughs> we reported to the Cole Foundation um, in our mission report <laughs> that we had had some brain tampering done, <laughs> just and, like a little bit, and they were understandably sort of concerned, and so <laughs> made sure we got psych tests. Um, unrelated to these psych tests, uh, Florian had a run-in with um, a one of our NPC friends from Talgon City, Brother Hune, who was like, Hey, if any of you have shared hallucinations or dreams or sensory experiences, that's real bad. Hmm. But luckily, we, we didn't. Specifically, Brother Hune said that if you smell 
old oil in the aftermath of your mind tampering. That is an exceptionally bad sign. Right. Was it the... some Somebody... Was it the Cole Foundation psychologist that yes. said? Yeah, yeah, yeah that the shared. Uh, okay. I was yeah. conflating the two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, Due to your uh, linkage during the mind-altering experience, you may be experiencing some uh, shared etheric overlapping, which can consist of feelings, dreams, thoughts, sensations, but it's nothing to be concerned about and should pass in a matter of time. I don't believe you. And- and luckily, uh, you know, as far as any of us know, none of that's happened. So we're all good. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, I had a weird dream. I don't know anybody else had it. It's true. Speaking of Shay and Oswald, hmm. they also had a little bit of tech bonding over the de-encryption of the data chem, uh, which revealed, like, an insane amount of information. Like, more information, I believe you said, than should have been on a data chem of that size mm-hmm. um, about Aegis Tech Solutions and the operations that were going on at the moon base above Talgon 3, which is apparently one of many, many moon bases with similar objectives throughout the galaxy. It's true. And do you remember uh, the the project name for I, all of those moon bases? I do, Mike. It's called Project Chimera, which isn't an ominous name at all. I don't know what you're talking about, big brother. (laughs) You stop that. Stop it. That's mean and you know it. Um, Also, uh, to clarify one point, they're not uniformly moon bases, I should point out. Yes, we just kind of jokingly, I think, kept yes. referring to them as moon bases during the... Some of those and... moon bases may not be located on a moon, just to set expectations. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. I mean, this last so one was a moon base not located on a moon, so... This yeah. is true! That's <laughs> true! <laughs> but, we, we didn't really get to, like, there was just such a sheer amount of information that it was hard to really, like, delve into um, what the project itself was about. Most mm. of what they got was that it has something to do with the Fey, and that it's overseen by the CEO of Aegis Tech. So mm-hmm. it is officially authorized. And you did learn the name of the individual who is overseeing those operations, the CEO I, of Aegis Technology Solutions. Do you remember what that was? I, I don't remember their first name. I just know that they are a Silvaro, uh, meaning that they are related to our operations manager, mm. which is could just be a coincidence. It's probably wrote- just a coincidence, yeah. I wrote down Cromwell something something Silvaro, which is probably close. Mm. <laughs> oh, that's he's why got the... one of those names. He's got yeah. an Oswald name. He does have an Oswald name, I suppose you could say. Uh, specifically, he has a name that denotes his lineage within the Empire. And yes, that being um, Cromwell Joseph. Vericus Silvaro. 
and he is the CEO of Aegis Tech Solutions and is personally overseeing Project Chimera. I am sure nothing else of interest will arise from <laughs> that occurrence. Almost certainly. Yeah. Hopefully not. Uh, oh, the the other thing that we learned is that it does have something to do with, like, maybe some sort of bioengineering kind of stuff. It seems to have a lot to do with a lot of stuff. Yeah. There there are multiple avenues by which Project Chimera is uh, rumbling down the road. What their even end goal is still remains un- unclear. It's almost like a project that is oh god as i frantically look up the actual dictionary definition of chimera oh god an amalgamation of several different parts thank you i was trying to come up with something that was like very official sounding but i'm not that quick at googling (laughs) um binging let's be real i use bing oh boy why (laughs) what because it comes on my computer you guys Uh Uh the hell is and Bing. It's really I've been hard asking to, Jeeves this whole time. It's really hard to download Google Chrome. It's, <laughs> it's really so difficult. hard to do. I mean, it it's not, but also fuck Google, so it's fine. Yeah. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair. Yeah. Um, it's Bing and Microsoft Edge for me. <laughs> um, that's not the point. The point is, uh, we we have this like initial kind of smattering of information. Um, about something that might be bigger plot related, and we've decided to continue to not tell the Cole Foundation about it, especially in lo- in light of this possible connection. Speaking of things we're not telling the Cole Foundation, we decided to be totally honest in our summary of what happened while determining the identity of Lord General Moonstone. Um, except for we did neglect to mention that Oswald's now has some atheum glass. It's probably fine. It's probably fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amari had a... Oh gosh, I'm also now totally forgetting the weapon director's uh, name. But Amari had a, a great little encounter in the shooting range. Um, he was, you know... Being being his his professional, uh, you know, professional self training up, and unfortunately, that darn Axel Amandito, as he always does, had to just step in and be a show off. It's true, but yes, you did. There. You did have a, a brief moment of connection with uh, the only other person that seems at least partially unimpressed with Axel Amandito, and that is Commander Barka Thorne, who is the security but, chief aboard the Storm's Repose. But it's not but it's not that she's unimpressed, it's just that she's mad at how impressed she is. <laughs> like she's aware of her own level of just like I shouldn't be this impressed, but I am uh-huh. damn it. So Mari Amari continues to have no allies <laughs> on the storm's repose. Baby steps. Fine. Baby steps here. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of if I have forgotten anything. That's pretty much everything that happened mm-hmm. during the last downtime, though there is the caveat that when you spoke with Brother Hewn, you did discover that 
he may or may not have appeared aboard the Storm's Repose mysteriously and disappeared just as mysteriously. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying not to think about that too hard. And as you slip into character, we find <laughs> y'all now still aboard the Storm's Repose, though away from the elvish trading hub world where you'd found yourselves most recently. Because you, Amari, as is your usual way, find yourself in a boardroom surrounded by other team leaders of the Finder teams. This is a normal situation you find yourself in when the orders of a new mission begin to come down. The Storm's Repose has found itself on the edge of a ship graveyard. The last remnants of an intense and enormous battle that occurred during the Shattering. There is very little in the way of records when it comes to specific battles that happened over the course of that two-year war. It was fast and brutal, and there were conflicts everywhere across the southern and eastern reaches of the Dragon's Wake. Some battles sparked up and were snuffed out nearly instantaneously, so keeping track of every little border skirmish and conflagration is nearly impossible. But the size and scope of this wreckage field would indicate that this was a battle of at least some importance. It is clear that both sides lost a great many ships, though the concerning piece of why the Cole Foundation is here is the fact that recently solar flares have scoured a nearby planet of life. Most of the sentient population was evacuated before any real mass-level death could occur, but these solar flares are glowing, growing larger and larger, and it is becoming very clear that the large sun in this system is on the verge of going supernova. That being said, this ship graveyard is a prime target for scrappers, junkers, people who make a living off of scavenge, like the Coal Foundation. The dirty secret of the Coal Foundation is, of course, that while they do receive a great deal of money from many sources, uh, a great many sources now since the Shattering, but for the longest time, the Coal Foundation made what profit it could off of salvaging wrecked spaceships. There's quite a profit to be made in reharvesting the Athium and Athite once you strip away the, the cruder metals and plastics. Enough to fund humanitarian and disaster relief for cycles, if not decades. And a, a vast wealth of it that is represented in the remnants of a broad scoped space battle like this one can't be overlooked. This may be due to the fact that the Storm's Repose specifically has drawn a little bit of ire of late, or at least the attention of the Empire, and the Coal Foundation on a whole might want to keep the ship and its crew out of the field of attention of the galaxy for at least a little while. 
So a nice out-of-the-way salvage operation sounds like just the thing to keep the Storm's Repose busy, but out of the way. Amari, as you sit in this boardroom, hearing the brief explanations of these things, you see at the end of the table Operations Director Victoria Silvaro. She seems unaware of the connections you have recently made about her own familial relations with the CEO of Aegis Tech Solutions. She seems oblivious to the fact that you've all been brought to a knife's edge of danger due to that certain company. And as she's passing out field assignments, there seems to be no recognition other than the usual of her attention towards you. It's fine by me. Like, <laughs> great, cool. <laughs> As it stands, the Finder teams are being assigned ships. Specifically, they're being assigned to go check out individual remnants of spaceships out there in the cold and black. Your mission is to board one such ship, find out how much of it is still functional, whether or not it is totally scrapped, or if it can be salvaged enough to perhaps limp away and be brought to a more reasonable salvage operation elsewhere. The Storm's Repose has the ability to break down smaller ships, but the larger capital ships and cruisers are a little bit outside of their wheelhouse and would need to be brought to somewhere that can more readily process larger salvage like that. As the assignments are flicked out onto personal data pads, you see that some of the larger, more flashy vessels that once belonged to the Dominion and the Empire are assigned to finder teams of great renown, Hyper Alpha notwithstanding. <sighs> there appears to be the ruins of a Dominion capital ship out among the ship graveyard. It is emblazoned with the religious markings of the Minos Dominion. It is what is known as a chapel ship. The religious hierarchies of the Minos Dominion blended with their government, made it so their zealotous religion led the charge into a lot of these battles. And so these chapel ships would be at the forefront. But Dominion ships on a whole always have some kind of religious piece to them. It is rare to find a Dominion ship without some form of worship center in it. This particular ship is known as the Zealous Blood, and it had a reputation during the war for being a particularly vicious fighting ship. It had a crew of what were referred to as Zealots. These are individuals of the Dominion who are made into something approaching a Magus. Their systems inundated with Atheum to the point where they had comparable powers, but it would eventually burn them out and they would die in glorious explosions of Aether and violence. Were, were there actual Magus on, on the ship, or was it like just pre-Magus? These zealots, also 
referred to in a derogatory sense as suicide maguses, hmm. are only a construction of the Dominion. The Empire had the true maguses, which led the charge in battle. Something that is contained, controlled, but also stable and won't detonate when it uses too much of its power. These zealots and their ship, clearly at the forefront of this battle, uh, left a smoldering ruin in their wake. And what's left of the vicious blood is in about three large pieces at this point. Hyper Alpha is assigned to one of those, and two other finder teams are assigned to the other two. And while you're expecting some kind of crap assignment, as has been occurring lately, there is a nod of recognition from Victoria Silvaro as she assigns to you a cruiser. It is an imperial ship called the Demetrius. It is a large, not nowhere close to a capital vessel. You've seen hollows of supercarriers before, and those are ships that blot out suns and take up entire horizons. But this is still an immense ship. It probably was able to house several frigates in its cargo bays. It probably was crewed by several thousand individuals during its time. Now it you, drifts you nearly intact. Uh, you may have said this, um, so I apologize if I missed it, but which side was this uh, vessel on? It was an Imperial ship. Oh, oh, Imperial, okay. What's curious about it is, and what is making this a bit more of a choice assignment than before, is that this ship appears intact. If there is damage, it is all internal. As far as anyone can tell, the Demetrius seems to have made it through this battle and not taken much in the way of damage. There's like some carbon scoring here and there that shows that it took shots, but it didn't necessarily take any ruinous damage. So that is the ship that Team Oracle Zero is assigned to. Your mission is to board the Demetrius, find out the extent of the damage it suffered, and find out if it can, if the power to it can be restored, if it can be made if not habitable, then at least pilotable, and if it can be flown with a skeleton crew to a more secure uh, salvage area. Cool. Is it only me? It's only team leaders in the in these meetings. It's supposed to be yes. Okay. Is Oswald there? It, no, that's the real not. question. He's not. He's oh, okay. I was going to hand the data pad to him and just be like, "All right, you know the drill. Let's do it." No, but if not. you're not there, okay. He's got work to do. Yeah, not this. This is this is boring. Other not work stuff. Cool. Uh, so I'll wait till like the mission briefing stuff is over, and then head out with the other uh, finder team leaders and okay. make my way to go find the rest of the team. A couple of the other finder team leaders uh, are giving you looks, and there's a couple of pats on the shoulder, just like yeah, it's about time you got, like, a legitimately good assignment. Yeah, it is. The word of what you all accomplished back on Talgon 3 has gotten around. We're the best. And there Uh, are more than a few who probably had, if not Dominion sympathies, then at least were more aware of the actions of the Dominion during the Shattering, who look at you with a level of just like, yeah, of course, that's, that's what you would accomplish here, is uncovering fake warlords. 
you know, like it's just like you do. No big deal. Yeah. All in a day's work. Mm-hmm. Well, several days work, but well, I don't, I don't, I, I don't want to toot my own too much. But thank you. Yeah. Something along those lines. So. Well, that that makes Amari feel not too bad. Not too bad. Good job, team. Yeah. So then I'll I'll shuffle on out and uh, go find the team. Um, do we have like normal like communications between us? Just like I would assume. Okay. Send a group chat. A group, group text thread. Yeah. <laughs> Some people respond to the group chat more than others. Florian doesn't know how to use it, does he? His fingers <laughs> no. are too big. His fingers are too big for the buttons. Florian only responds in Bitmoji. You, <laughs> Oswald. The, the, the oh no, I was just gonna say, um, the team will be like texting in the group chat, and then we'll later find letters pushed under their doors. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. He's not. I hope this letter finds you well. Exactly. <laughs> It's like oh, like I open the, the door. Continues a pace. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I open the door and fl- I was like, "Oh, hey, Florian, or whatever, you know." And like, do you want to tell me anything? No, no, not really. Just read the letter and then leaves. Shay communicates entirely in like acronyms and like the latest <laughs> internet slang or uh, Ethernet slang. Why? Why can't this team be normal? You, you respond in uh, rhyming hacker slang. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's that's the real thing is that Florian doesn't respond when Shay is typing because he doesn't know what they're saying. I think that Oswald always responds immediately after you send it out. Like it's it's instant. It's almost instantaneous. So, Oracle Zero, you have your mission, and as always, you have access to any resources you might want to bring with you. You know that the Demetrius, as of right now, shows as having no power, which would imply that it also has no oxygen and no gravity. Spacesuits! You will need Mm -hmm. some way of traversing the vacuum, yes. Oh, God. I think we should just go and then remember... When we get there, that we needed spacesuits and spend XP on. It. You know, that's a good point. We should everyone for... has XP to spend on that. I have one. I have two. I have, I two. have zero. Mm. <laughs> All okay. right, let's get let's get spacesuits. Yes, please. Mine is a boob window. No, um. <laughs> Shay immediately dies in the vacuum of space. <laughs> No, like it's She-Ra. But looks great <laughs> doing it. Is it like like it's got glass over it? Or yeah. Like, or, okay. Nice. Gotcha. So unnecessary. <laughs> this is a cyberpunk dystopia. We need to get what small pleasures we can. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so with it being zero grav everywhere, because space, would the best thing to be to try and get some sort of like mag boots to like magnetize to the metal interior. I don't know if that's going to help us because we can just float everywhere, but it might be nice to not up to you. Float away. Yeah. Magnetic uh, 
attachments for uh, exosuits is absolutely something that is available. It's probably a feature your mech suit has, quite honestly. Yeah, yeah. that's true. <laughs> well, that well, see, that was going to be my other thing. Is w- w- it would just be easier? It might actually just be easier for us to get the small little jet packs that have the little air stream things oh, to just yeah. do that instead yeah. of trying to float or instead of trying to walk. Being able to steer your floating is probably important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have no interest in just tumbling away into the vacuum. Mario just gives Oswald a. <laughs> flies away. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what happened. He just kind of disappeared. He flew <laughs> off into space. I miss that little guy. <laughs> like a fucking scar and Mufasa moment of him holding onto Amari and just no. letting go. I mean, that kind of works because I'm a big cat boy. Yeah. But like, little tiny bird man. <laughs> It doesn't quite. It's like if Scar killed it. Zazu dramatically. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was gonna say. I feel like that's more of our 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 relationship. Yes. <laughs> um. The uh, the so the ship is without power. Is there something we could bring, like a backup like energy source for this thing? Yes, absolutely. We should bring that. Something to power the whole ship would be difficult to carry, but something to power individual systems? Absolutely. Yeah, probably the second one, I would imagine. Um, I feel like the best thing we could probably do is carry some sort of power source that's going to allow us to check the like computer systems. Hmm. We can then diagnose what's wrong with it. How big would those personal sort of individual uh, power sources be? gone over this briefly in the past, but it ranges. Uh, something carryable by a, a sapient individual is yeah. about the size of your standard like gas-powered generator on our Earth. It's okay, a gotcha. large backpack and it could power like a standard home for maybe a day. Okay, mm-hmm. great. Personal power, maybe like the size of a, a small stereo. Okay. So we could each have one like on our pack necessarily if you also have jetpacks that might be uh, an issue oh that's true could we carry them like a cargo sled sure. with us yeah because i mean no gravity that's yeah. true yeah yeah that's a fair point okay so it sounds like you're getting some kind of spacesuits. Yeah. is that what everyone is uh getting what, um, I'm just trying to imagine. What sizes what... do they have? Yeah. <laughs> there <laughs> is been fantastic advancements in uh, form-fitting elasticity of fabrics so that there is a, a memory fiber etheric weave that goes through a lot of these. So you basically pick a body type, and then after that it will shrink and seal to your body shape. Right. Like a character creator. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah, like, is there a some sort of vacuum seal that can go around the horns? Yeah. Yes. Nice. Because <laughs> that was the other thing I was going to say is like, oh, God, do they have a specific size for every single type of Toro horn? Because I'm assuming there's variations. Absolutely. Uh, what it... There are several variations on what you can deem as a helmet as well. For Toro and Ursa and Lycan and things of a more 
muzzle-like composition. There are uh, what are effectively like face bubbles that don't actually seal off the back of the head, uh, but just come down up over the brow and down across the chin and uh, seal off the head. Think uh, Star-Lord. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> but looking like a medieval horse yeah. horse cover. Yeah. You've got that horse cool. armor. Uh-huh. Only had to pay a little <laughs> <Nice>. bit extra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know if I've ever mentioned it, but I think Florian has they're not like Texas Longhorn, but they're like pretty uh not huge necessarily, but they stick out a lot. You're a, you're a proper steer. <sighs> Hard going through doors sometimes. <laughs> It's all about turning at that 45 degree angle. There's this, the seat on the shuttle that Florian usually sits in has like little um, holes kind of dense poked in the ceiling because he keeps hitting his head on them. Okay, so we've got spacesuits. Uh, everyone going for some form of jetpack? Mm-hmm. Yes. 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 Okay. And Do we have to bring oxygen with us, Mike? Is this like, is this an oxygen puzzle? I'm not trying to trick you into not bringing okay. oxygen. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just checking. The oxygen limitations on your standard issues spacesuits is about six hours. Oh, so no extended trips here. It would be inadvised. Uh, um, could we bring a backup? amount uh on the sled that we're going to be carting around the idea would be that you can refresh those o2 tanks at your shuttle Uh, presumably shuttle seven will be around okay great and we won't be stuck assuming you don't send him away somewhere yes and assuming this isn't some kind of event horizon situation (laughs) why would it be one of those well my (laughs) one has to wonder You said ship graveyard, and yeah, graveyard, man. Big word there. Nothing nothing spooky about that. I wouldn't think so. It's a technical Um, term. Do we think that there's a chance that we might run into other... Have there been other ships detected in the area? Like, might we run into other scavenger parties? That is a real possibility. Something that Amari would have been warned about in the mission brief is that the possibility of scavengers or even squatters who have taken up residence on these ships is a possibility because, again, no one's quite sure just how long these have been here for. Obviously, there is a hard limit on how long ago this could have happened, but it's really any time in the last seven years somebody could have taken up residence here. And nobody's certain if there's, like, a specific name to this battle? No, and the real issue here is that the planet that is nearby got scoured by solar flares. So if there is, if there was a record of the battle, it has since been erased due to electromagnetic radiation. Gotcha. Uh, oh, is that something that we have to worry about? Or will our suits take care of that? If there's a big enough solar flare to hit the ship graveyard, you've got bigger issues. That, uh, that's, that's true. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, this is a question that only Oswald would ask, but what is what kind of star are we looking at here? Um, are we talking big enough to have the core collapse and create a black hole, or just a white dwarf? It is large enough that it could possibly create a black hole. It's borderline. 
Okay. It's not something that's going to happen like any yeah. day or something, but it's like in the immediate future, say the next couple of cycles, this will happen. So yeah, anything else? We got power packs, some kind of uh, hover sled that you can carry them around on if you wish. You've mm-hmm. got your jetpacks, you've got your enviro suits. What kind of weapons are we bringing? I know I'm not playing a character who will probably be wielding any, but what yeah, kind of weapons too. are we bringing? I think it's the mech and the Mario I mean, side. that's the Is question. Is the mech going to fit in the ship? Oh, it'll fit. It's a big ship. Standard. I carried frigates. Yeah, well, inside I mean, of this, so it'll, yeah, it should be fine. Okay, and, yeah, you would know that actually. Even the access hallways on a ship this size should be able to accommodate something as big as your mech. So, hell yeah! If you wanted to, you could literally just walk around inside the ship in the mech if you want. Yeah, why not? Um, yeah, if that's the case, how would storage work weapon wise uh, for a mech? Would it be one hand and one hand all the time, or is it like I can put them on my on the back of the mech and use like the hands. There is a way to stow your main weapon. Yeah. Okay, cool. Cause I, I believe we've described your main weapon as a large aether based cannon of some kind, mm-hmm. um, generally used with both of the mechs articulated hands. Yeah. So it would be like, you've got a big shield, the shield with one hand, you, like set the shield down into the ground and use that as like the firing uh like cover mm-hmm. for it. It's got mm-hmm. a little notch in it to set the long barrel of the gun for balance. Right. Cool. Uh, so both the shield and the rifle can be stowed on the back of the mech. Okay. Cool. I just want to make sure if we're going to take the mech that I can use both hands to say lift or move something. Yeah, absolutely. Or punch a ghost. In case you need to punch ghosts. <gasps> ghost mech. Unless you ghost run through the, the legendary ghost my new, mech. My new favorite anime. Ghost oh, really? <laughs> I'd watch that anime. I bet you that'd be awesome. Has there ever been a ghost Gundam? I feel like there has to have been. There ha- Yeah. But I'm pretty sure they always ended up being Scooby-Doo scenarios where it's like, that's not the ghost, that's just Char, because it's always Char. <laughs> oh, Gundam. <Yeah>. Never change. <laughs> Um, in that case, yeah, we'll bring the mech. Okay. Are you wearing that in lieu of a spacesuit, or are you starting with spacesuit and then maybe going to mech? Yes. Second option. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. There's no reason for us to move the mech anywhere other than like walking it out of, say, the shuttle and then realizing, oh, we don't need it. Um, okay. Yeah. All right. So you've got your O2, you've got your everything else. Any last minute supplies you think you need before I force you to spend XP later? Flashlights. <laughs> Flashlights, very good. Yeah. The ship does yeah, not have power. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. Will our communications last uh, between all of us and the ship, given our how big the ship is? Most likely, unless okay. there are pieces of the ship that uh, cause interference or are shielded, which, you know, okay. standard protocol on almost any ship is there are shielded sh- sections, specifically navigation is always going to be shielded because that's where the wizard hangs out and they don't need any etheric interference when they're concentrating. Oh, it's so annoying. 
hypothetically allegedly hypothetically. yeah like i heard a uh, great i used to be in a, a clan and we had like a wizard and yeah they always used to say it was super annoying <laughs> Very interesting. We'll have to talk about it. I sometime. think about them a lot because I'm very sad <laughs> because I'm unclanned. It's a sad thing. <clears throat> yeah. I can imagine. Right. Yes. All right. <laughs> it's like doing diagnostics on the mech. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> Are you good? Can, can... Are you good over there? Is the mech okay? Is the mech okay? Is the mech okay? Yeah, the mech's fine. Okay. Does the okay, mech have a name? You, you didn't respond for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yes, thinking about my clan. You know, it's sad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, do you want to talk about it before we no. go? Or... I'm fine. Probably. The mech's fine. Okay, then. Uh, the, to answer your question, Lisman, yes, the mech does have a name. No further. That's response. all I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. And that is all I ask, so yeah. No, uh, uh, if you want to know the mech's name, uh, the mech's name is Tux. Tuxedo Cat. <laughs> <laughs> Loading up your gear onto shuttle number seven, your stalwart shuttle pilot, Duma, is ready and willing to go. He is Favorite a little creeped out by all, the, by all the empty floating ships out there. But, That's uh, fair. Never liked going to after battle. During battle, it's okay. You fly around, lots of big explosions. After battle, so quiet and creepy. Ugh. It's because everyone is dead. Hmm. Yes. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah my man. Like, that's literally what it is. Well, if it makes you feel any better, these things are probably only going to be around for a couple more cycles. Then the, of course, the star over there will uh, explode and then implode and create a black hole and suck all of this in. Oh. It'll, be, it'll be gone, essentially, as far as we know. The galaxy, it's so good. Self-cleaning. Yeah, exactly. Uh, speaking of people, um, if we do find any on this uh, ship we're going to, I mean, on the one hand, I don't want to kick anyone out of the home they've made, but yeah, the star is going to blow up, so it'd be good to, to tell them. But uh, yeah, we're not going to be like, pass off. Right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, hypothetically, if we find any folk we can offer to have the Cole Foundation stow them, we got enough space. And that is absolutely part of the mission parameters. Evacuating anyone who might be squatting here or telling anyone who's scavenging here get hey it might explode soon are squatters like a common thing like like for say like oh we found a ship it had 600 people in it or is yeah we scavenged this entire graveyard we found like four yes okay cool <laughs> uh w with the amount of ships that are here the odds aren't bad that someone might have taken up residence here. Okay. Especially in the larger ships. Tough to make a home in, like, ruined shuttles and fighters and smaller attack craft, but in the larger ships, that did serve as homes for a lot of soldiers. Very possible. Would, and, like, yeah, would a shuttle that is registering as having no power, that would would seem odd or would people have a way to like generate their own power that wouldn't register 
That's difficult, but possible. Okay. Again, cool. it would require shielding of some kind. But your destination is the Demetrius. As you load up into shuttle number seven, Duma in the pilot's seat, the rest of you stowing your gear and strapping in, you take off from the superstructure of the Storm's Repose, and you find yourselves in a vast graveyard of spaceships. This is what's left of a war zone. Some of you have most likely seen things like this before, but some of you, this might be a singular sight, as literally hundreds of ruined spaceships of every size and description are stretched out before you, between yourselves and, in the far, far distance, the tiny circle of darkness that represents a planet as it is resting in front of a bloody red sun that you can see in the near distance. The sun is large, and on a galactic <laughs> kind of solar scale level, that means that it's taking up a lot of real estate in the sky in the distance. That also means that if it's that big from where you are, on a galactic level, that is a huge star. It's got a corona of red light boiling around a near-white core, and occasionally you'll see licking out across the stars these enormous bands of what look like fire that loop out from the star. That's bad. Are we able to look at it, or is it too bright? With the right adjustments to your headgear and the, the visuals of the shuttle, you can absolutely look at it. Okay, great. Oh no, spend a XP to bring sunglasses. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> if you, he got us. <laughs> if you go out into space and then just like, yeah, clear your visor to completely glass and stare at it, probably wouldn't be great. Probably not. I've seen the movie Sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> the movie's great. But yeah, what's clear from this battle is that it was not one-sided. There is probably an equal number of Imperial and Dominion ships here. They're very clearly distinguished in that the Dominion's method of adornment for their ships is very unique and really stands out, especially Minos Dominion ships. And these are all clearly ships being made and piloted by those of Minos specifically. You'll see ships that are uh, hegemony made or made by other factions within the Dominion, but the, the Minos ones specifically always have those religious connotations to them. Markings of great dragons emblazoned on the sides of them. Ornate forward chassis that resemble the heads of dragons. Huge adornments near the front that resemble the horns of Taro. They are gaudy, to say the least. And God, the, those religious folks always putting friggin' religious <laughs> iconography all over everything. It's tacky. tacky <laughs> Who would do such a thing? That show I watch, yeah, there's one character on there. It's just covered head to toe. Oh, snakes for them. <laughs> it's snakes, but... Uh... It's the same thing, you know. Was like the uh, I could... little reptiles they worship. Yeah, Weird. very strange. In contrast, but not necessarily stark contrast, 
the ships of the Connus Empire are perhaps just as gaudy, but not necessarily as architecturally uh, unique. They're a little bit more subdued in terms of the actual exterior of the ships, but they are no less provocative in terms of the colorations. Bright reds and purples and greens and silvers demarking certain high houses of the Empire as well as the Imperial House itself. Huge battle standards of a sort emblazoned on the sides of ships to let the enemy know exactly who from what family within the Empire is exacting their doom. There are no capital ships present here, but if a supercarrier had been downed during the Shattering, you would... I mean, <laughs> that would be the salvage of a lifetime. Though what remains of the Dominion capital ship might indicate that there maybe was a supercarrier here, it just finished the fight. As you stare out into the distance, you can clearly see the remnants of that chapel ship, that Dominion church vessel that has been broken into three distinct pieces. It's very easy to pick out amongst the rest of the ships because it looks something like if a dragon was halfway polymorphed into a church. There are huge, steepled, vaulted roofs that end in fiery dragon fangs leaping out into space, enormous pillared halls that clearly don't serve the function that they would on the surface of a planet, but here they just serve as a, a gaudy, magnificent showing of power at the forefront of a Dominion battle fleet. Dope. Drake me to church. There we go. But if you can imagine those dragons, you would then... <laughs> <laughs> see that they have been brought low and to ruin, despite their glory that once was. And their inexplicable number of hits. It's true. I'm mad at both of you right now. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully... It's probably not radioactive anymore, mm -hmm. but <laughs> <laughs> I'll stop. I apologize. <laughs> no, keep going. You're going to make me a believer. It's fine. <laughs> well, what can we say, Mike? You're a natural. It's true. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> How many Imagine Dragon songs do we all know? I know one. I literally didn't realize there was more than one. <laughs> I mean, they're all effectively the same song, so... Yeah. yeah. There you go. Leastways, your destination is a ship a little bit closer, and it is that large imperial ship called the Demetrius. On the far side of the graveyard, the most distant ship, actually, from the cluster of the battle and the, the center wreckage of the Dominion capital ship, you find the Demetrius floating nearly alone, but for a small halo of small shapes that ring the exterior of the ship. Oh boy. As you're flying close, Duma would say, Oh no! Oof-a-doof! Uh, it is fine. 
Everything is fine. Do not look out the windows. It's cool. Yeah, I'm looking out the windows. Yes, I was already looking. I turn on the windshield wipers. (laughs) (laughs) Just a face on the window. Mm -hmm. That really gross, like, wet hand on a windshield just (laughs) smearing. You're not quite close enough to make out the what you presume to be grisly details, but yeah, it looks like there are quite a few bodies floating in a loose halo around the Demetrius. What are the uh, house colors on this ship? The house colors on this ship, so glad you asked, Mm. um, would be the house colors of Zolorus. They are gold and red. Those are my colors. I love those colors. House Zolorus is well known for being one half of Zolcon Industries, a military surplus dealer that basically halfway funds the Empire by selling Imperial military surplus around the galaxy. Gotcha. That is owned and operated by both the High Imperial House and this other noble house, Zolorus. Maggie's on board. <laughs> Duma would ask where you want him to try to make his approach. There are clearly some open cargo bays on the underside of this large, kind of roughly rectangular ship. It it resembles something like an ancient vessel on a world where they still have sailing ships. It has a much larger undercarriage and kind of a, a flatter... Uh, top that domes near the rear. You can see the absolute back of this cruiser has many jutting gemstones that are the, the drive crystals of this ship. Blue aethite seams run the length of it. This is clearly a well-shielded ship. And there are some very clear batteries along the broadsides and along the bottom, but not along the top. Would... Amari or Shay, or Oswald, I guess. Anyone but me. (laughs) Uh, Know, like, where it would be most likely to have, like, systems operations on a ship like this. Or navigation, or Um, some sort of power center. This might be something I have to spend an experience point for, um, if it exists. Would, Would the Cole Foundation have access to, like a loose blueprint of a ship like this just so we'd know how to get around inside of would, it or the, would the archive that is another question the coal foundation absolutely would not have access to imperial ship schematics no okay i i imagine the archive would be behind a couple of paywalls for that kind of information but as a a uh, field researcher of the archive. There sure. are small costs you could pay to your dragon master that would make them accessible to you, perhaps. Fair enough. Like uh, an experience point? Is that what you're saying? If you want to retroactively make a fact a truth, if you will, then yeah, that that is the, the humble cost of such things. I will do that. I'll take you up on that. Okay. So spending an experience point, 
yeah, you would absolutely know that several cycles ago, there was a big leak from the Empire of ship schematics that were let loose onto the archive. And yeah, they're behind a couple of paywalls, but you've got some passwords that can get you into certain secure sections of the archive. It's swordfish. It's always always swordfish. swordfish. (laughs) (laughs) And while you don't have the schematics of this exact ship, you know that it is a particular class of uh, imperial ship that is actually a long-term research and kind of exploration vessel. Great. Specifically, it is a Daedalus-class exploration vessel. Now, if this has undergone any, like, real modifications, or if the schematics you have are a little out of date, that's entirely possible. Yeah, very likely. But this is a good starting point. Mm -hmm. It would let you know that the bridge is near the four decks of the ship. There are crew quarters along the underside that would kind of gird the uh, the hold, which is what the vast majority of the underside of the ship is. Mm-hmm. There is a warp core near the rear where engineering would be located, as well as access to the actual drive systems. There is a nav chamber that is located almost at the exact center of the ship that is above the hold, but n- not quite. Uh, it technically rests below the bridge. And there is a uh, chapel near the fore deck of this ship. Now, in Imperial ships, the chapels are usually dedicated to Primus Conus himself. First Magus, founder of the Empire, hallowed be his name. If you're into that. If you're into that sort of thing. So yeah, that is what you know of the Demetrius. Cool. That is good to know. I relay that information. I mean, then it just sort of comes down to, do we want to just go in through the cargo, or do we want to find an easier access point? Some sort of... It doesn't matter, except that we have, you know, limited time. Um, The cargo hold might be the simplest uh, point of access. We could park this vessel in it and return whenever we need it. Duma is more than willing to go along with that plan. Also, we'll all pretend to be archivists. But there's, there's we'll just, just pretend just that oh. you're my research assistants again, just in case. No, nope. we, we talk to anyone, no. that's we'll the story. Pretty well, sure everyone is dead. Yeah. Yeah. Never stopped people before. <laughs> Who are you? What? <laughs> I don't know, okay? I, I read things on the internet. That's a really good question. Have we talked about ghosts? In general? Or Well, no, I just mean like... Like ghost stories? So like, you know, I can do weird magic mm-hmm. without moving my... I can do it all fucking carry style. Mm-hmm. Um, And, you know... Oswald's a talking chicken. But are there ghosts? So Mike has talked to us about this a little bit. Yes. And it's like 
people's aether signatures can like take on life. Am I remembering this correctly? It's more of an echo. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. It's like if you're a powerful enough aethericist, you can leave behind an impression on the aether. It's a U-shaped impression. So, so the sh- only people who who leave behind these ghosts are powerful and potentially dangerous. Great. I yeah. Love it. Right. Uh, and okay. would somebody? So this is, in, this oh, is Event Horizon meets The Shining. Okay. <laughs> would this type of vessel have somebody of say they'd, that aether level? They'd have a wizard. Certainly, they would ha- at least driving. have a wizard. That's true. <laughs> the navigators aboard most standard ships are of at least a nominally powerful class of wizard. Yes. Cool. Powerful enough cool. to link themselves up with the systems of a of a big ship. The bigger the ship, the more powerful the wizard. Okay. God, well, so so it's it's Event Horizon meets the Shining meets Monster House. Great. Can I <laughs> Yeah, I assume do we all we're all It's aware. actually Smart House, thank you. Smart House. <laughs> oh god, that's somehow worse. <laughs> wants to be our mom (laughs) and she's gonna make us take our medicine no (laughs) sorry i interrupted you listen oh no that's fine um would we're all aware of this information yeah you would all know ghosts is real yeah ghosts is real okay okay i just wanted to make sure they're rare and they are pretty easy to deal with all things considered they are just aether after all and so like guns work on ghosts nice i can i'm gonna eat a ghost (laughs) what about if i eat it first what about a proton pack (laughs) can i spend another experience (laughs) so long as you don't cross the streams there really aren't any issues okay great that's a movie heavy episode sure (laughs) So, Duma swoops down low and brings you in towards the cargo bay doors. Something that's immediately obvious is that the halo of bodies originates from that location. It seems as though they spilled out of the cargo bay and then have just been slowly spreading around the ship. Is this like that one scene in Last Airbender, but a lot more sad? Where Sokka drops all the people from the cargo bay. (laughs) (laughs) Tough to say. What you do know is that the cargo bay doors are open. Oof. And that while Duma is more than capable of flying up into the cargo bay and kind of hovering at whatever location you want, landing while the cargo bay doors are still open would be very difficult. Okay. Which we'll have to do. Well, actually, it wouldn't be. He could technically land on the ceiling. Gravity oh. isn't a thing in this right now. If you manage to activate the artificial gravity again, then that might become an issue. But for now, yeah. Duma could very easily turn and land himself on the ceiling of this cargo bay. Note Would you say he was inverted? One might even say. Okay, hmm. cool. Cool, 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 cool. Note to self... Uh, communicate with Duma before we turn on the power. Good to know. We should also be paying attention to if we accidentally turn it on. Because it seems seems like something we might do. That's true. 
I mean, hypothetically, if he parks on the ceiling right above the cargo doors, he'll just immediately fall out of the ship again. I suppose that's true. Assuming the cargo bay doors are not closed. Don't, uh, don't auto-shut, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. That's fun. <laughs> between the doors? <laughs> no! Well, I guess we're the squatters now. Yeah. <laughs> squatters rights! Uh, we, we can't go back now. Oh. As you fly in through the cargo bay, the open cargo bay doors, you would note that much of what was being kept inside of these cargo bays has spilled out into space below the ship. Large crates of you don't know what. There are clearly some frozen hunks of what were probably stills of potable water at some point, but are now just frozen ice balls kind of hovering near the bottom of the ship as you approach. Very easy to avoid. And Duma does his best not to bump into any of the bodies as you fly in, but there's definitely one or two little thumps on the side of the shuttle that make him wince. But then you land. And now Oracle Zero, feel free to explore the Demetrius. I I pat Duma on the back and I say, it's okay. When... The black hole is formed. They too shall become one with the singularity. Anyways, off. Off to the mission. <laughs> that is good to know. He's not good with people. <laughs> Amari, what is singularity? Don't worry about it. It's not. It's it's math. Oof. It's stuff. Oof. Yeah. So don't worry about it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Suit up montage. Sailor Moon style. (laughs) Yeah, I was thinking like a transformation. Yeah, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm Sailor Saturn. (laughs) Oh, that would make me Sailor Mercury. That's unfortunate. (laughs) And yeah, and uh, Florian is Sailor Jupiter. This is very. Oh, Sailor Venus. Yeah, Yeah. of course. Yeah, yeah. There we go. We got it. We got it. it. Done. Podcast done. Podcast done. <laughs> Axel Amandito is Sailor Moon. Yeah, clearly. Yes. Shut up. <laughs> no, no, because Sailor Moon is the worst. Uh, uh, Axel Amandito is Sailor Jupiter because everybody no. loves Sailor Jupiter. No, t- Florian Sailor Jupiter. If oh, anything, right. if anything, Axel Amandito is probably Sailor Mars. That's no. You're actually Axel? we're all wrong. Axel Amandito is Tuxedo Mask. Oh, you're I right. I was literally oh, just yeah. about to say. Right. I was like, you guys are all fools. <laughs> It's true, we are. But my mech's name is literally Tux. <laughs> mm. I don't make the work. rolls. Doesn't yeah. work, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he didn't roll well enough on his uh, Sailor Moon uh, initiative. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anyways. So, you are in this large, oblong space that is mostly empty and in total vacuum. The moment you leave the shuttle, your oxygen count begins. Who should we decide where to go first? Before just, you know, aimlessly I mean, wandering. In. I'm well, sure the director. Probably try to get to the, um, you know, communications center or data center or even the bridge. Might want to aim for the bridge first. Yes, the bridge yeah. would probably have the, the central comms hub. And you know, the bridge yeah. is above you. So, roughly uh, speaking. Up and forward. Well, 
that way. We'll just go with that. Mm-hmm. Up is relative space. That's true. Let us assume we are orienting the ship so that it is facing upright relative to you all. It is only your shuttle which is upside down. Great. Yeah, God, please don't make us do another gravity <laughs> puzzle. <laughs> we no. can't handle it. <laughs> I, I'm assuming there's, like, stairs? There are catwalks Elevators. to either side, and there are uh, quite a few ways on and out of this uh, the cargo bay here. Like I said, you know that to either side of the cargo bay, in the, the bulk of the ship, there are cruise quarters. Um, probably intertwined with those, you've got actual bunks, you've got mess halls, you've got entertainment centers, places, lounges, folks where the crew can assemble. Uh, probably meeting rooms of some kind or another. Foosball tables. Uh, there's also the ship's batteries, so there are like gunner's positions in those mm-hmm. areas. Um, I would assume the bow direction and as high up as we can go. Since we can just like jet up there, we can go to, you know, the most forward highest door we can find and then just see where that yeah. goes. Okay. Jetting towards the forward end of the hold, you can see from your position that there are a lot of bodies that got spilled into space from here. You're pretty sure you know what happened to the crew. There are some more grim vignettes that you run across of clearly where people tried to hang on as the hold vented. Little upsetting scenes of people who tried to brace themselves against pieces of the ship or cargo and are just kind of ragdolled and still frozen, exposed to the void regardless of whether or not they got sucked out. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, vacuum is a hell of an equalizer. So regardless of what part this ship took place in the battle, it seems their crew was destroyed nonetheless. Um, do... So this ship has gunnery, had gunnery down below. So does would that imply that there have been modifications? Do a lot of these folks look like soldiers? Or do they look like more like an exploratory crew? It's hard to tell. Tough to say. All of their uniforms are definitely Imperial. Whether or not they were Imperial Navy, I don't know if any of you are necessarily experienced enough in the Imperial Navy setting to know the difference between a scientific crew and a military crew. That's fair. Unless you have a specific knowledge role you want to give me to try to figure that out. I mean, I could do a history, but I, I don't know. I guess it's worth a shot. Yeah. So I don't need to spend a week. Void die for this one. <laughs> this is probably clever as far as tactics go. Yeah. And uh, a D8. Okay. Where are my D8s? Yeah, there they are. are. A D8 in galactic history. Yes! Pretty broad knowledge. Uh, 17. 17, okay. This was a challenging role, so yeah, you've got there. Uh, You would see that, based on some of the insignias you're seeing here, this is definitely a military crew. Okay. That makes sense, but... Yeah, the Empire really doesn't go in for just, like, purely scientific ventures all that much. It's always in tandem with military operations. Mm Mm-hmm. One leads to the other, usually. Almost generally, yeah. So, going towards the four. Sorry, cut you off. 
Oh, no, I was just going to say, I think Florian's knowledge on Imperium stuff is very recent and very secondhand. Like, I don't know that he ever would have been exposed to... He's pretty far out of the way yeah. for, all, for a lot of that. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, that is most people's experience with the Connus Empire, right up until it really isn't. No, like, yeah, exactly. And he's just fortunate enough never to have to deal with that part mm -hmm. so much. So going towards the four, you eventually do find on an upper catwalk a door that leads forward and away. You would see some signage that indicates that it leads towards the officer's quarters, the chapel, and there is signage pointing towards the bridge as well. Ah, oh, nice. The door does not have yep. power. Yep. That makes sense. <laughs> yep. How do you solve this door puzzle? Uh, can can we just... Can, is it... Yeah. Uh, is it something that can just be shifted, or does it seem to be locked into place? As you check it, you would find that it is indeed locked into place. Okay. Does it look like an airlock? You think that a lot of the bulkheads from this location of the ship probably also function as airlocks? Okay. Yeah. Just in case. Yeah. Maybe the rest of the ship's okay. I mean, we could try and... We have, like, little power generators. Uh, mm -hmm. I suppose we could plug something in. It is also possible to just plug your aether, like, your body's aether directly into something like this, correct? Absolutely. Um, okay. Yeah, if any of you wanted to spend an aether die, you could absolutely power the door. I have so many now, I might as well. <laughs> All right. Florian will, touching the access panel, you've got little pads on your suit that let you conduct your aether out and through the layers of your suit. Yeah, it kind of kind of takes a second, and then it like seems to go. It's like those gloves with the little magnet pads that let you feel the electromagnetism on something. Mm -hmm. Oh, I thought you were gonna say the gloves that have the pads on it, so you can use your iPhone. Also, that. <laughs> Well, it's cold. <laughs> I need to get those magnetic gloves. That sounds cool. <laughs> if you go really extreme and you just have the magnet surgically implanted beneath the dermis of your fingertips. No, don't do that. <laughs> uh. Nah, you know what? No, fuck it. Do it. Fuck it. Do, do it. it. Yeah, do it. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. But yeah, you pour an aether die into the door and it has power. It's locked, though. It is still locked. Uh, Shay, would, would you mind? Oh, yeah, not at all. Let's bust this door. Are you gonna wreck it? Yeah. Cool. Wait, should I wreck it? Should I bust uh, this? Should I bust in? I'm wondering if this is some sort of airlock. Uh, well, maybe the rest of the ship isn't as uh, vacuous. And uh, if there are squatters... Uh, they might be sucked into space, and it might be our fault. So ah, uh, that's a good point. Hmm. I'll just I go also want to point Before... out the fact that if it is an airlock and we open that, whatever's on the other side is going to come rushing through at us. True. Yeah. Yes. That's Florian also a good point. Get out of the way. Bangs on the door and says, "Hey, is there anybody behind there?" You shout in your spacesuit mask out oh, into the God. vacuum of space. No, wait, it's it's uh, open, isn't it? You said it was more like the. Sure, the... just your the sound of your voice would not carry in a vacuum scenario. There's, 
There's no. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Forgot how space works, you guys. <laughs> but banging on but banging on the banging door. On absolutely. Wood. Yes. Yeah. 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 Listen, none of us have been to space. It's okay <laughs> yeah. that we don't know. Speak how. for yourself. Speak for yourself. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I've been to the Wait, inner space. space without me? Yeah, sorry. Ah, Martin Short. <laughs> inner space. Good film. Good film. Dennis Quaid. <laughs> yeah. I've Dennis Quaided around some Martin Short's bodies before. <laughs> Mike's Mike's way too cool to be hanging out with us. I just want you to know. <laughs> that really was Martin Short, wasn't it? Um mm-hmm. Okay, I forgot how to play this game. We need a tactics so, die. We need some talent dies. We do. Some void um, dice. Possibly some void dice. No. I would say uh, unlocking right, this door is going to be a hard this. roll, so you're looking for a 20. Hard? Turns out Imperial military craft have some good locking mechanisms. Yeah. Ugh. And as none of you are officers of the Imperial Navy, it's uh, a little hard to just access a locked door. Could I assist, perhaps? Sure. Uh, I'm trying to remember. If I assist, I apply... You would add a relevant talent die. Oh, great. How about Aether Tech? That is a relevant talent die. Great. Quick cue, just for future reference. What type (laughs) of locks are these? Do they seem to be, like, uh, bioscanners? Or do they seem to be, like, coded? They seem to have some kind of keycard access panel. Okay. Oh no, it's Doom. I was going to say it's Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> Doom 3 Other specifically. Other things have keycard oh, activators, you guys. No, no. only Doom. Oh, it's Doom. Resident Evil. <laughs> no, yeah. Okay, I'm going to roll these. Uh, and I'm doing, I'm going to be very clever about it. Mm-hmm. Um, Do I roll mine or should... Oh, I, I was just going to roll it. Oh, go for it, yeah. If that's okay. Of course. Ah, was a long shot, so I'm going to roll Void Dice. Hooray! And uh, as I explained before we started playing, but as I'll explain to our listeners now, we are implementing a new rule as this is a a playtest scenario and we're constantly shifting and changing. I wanted to incentivize just not spending Void Dice willy-nilly, so if a player chooses to fail, they immediately gain an XP. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it's not exactly narratively interesting to fail at the moment. So. It's true. Um, it is narratively interesting to give me void dice. It is. Also, rolling a one on tactics. It's only if you roll a one it's... on both tactics oh, and tactics. Okay, that's yeah. what I thought. Unless you're um, just rolling a tactics die and that's it. Right. Because that's what I thought. The little play says. Um, okay. I got a 15, by the way, so I really only need uh... five more. And I wrote, and I uh, rolled a seven. So there we go. The door opens pretty quickly. The door opens, and you are indeed confronted with an airlock. The inner door will cycle and open as soon as you close the exterior door. So if you all file into this chamber and close the door behind you, there's still no gravity. So you're kind of just free floating and budging up and bouncing off the walls ever so gingerly in this place. Ah, oops, sorry. Closing the door, it will hiss and cycle, and then the inner door will open. And something you're immediately struck by is the hiss that occurs when the airlock is cycling. The gravity doesn't resume when the airlock opens, so you're still free-floating, but there is the hiss of some kind of vapor as the airlock is exchanging. 
Hmm. That's strange. Is there a way to test if there's oxygen being pumped into the ship right now? Your spacesuits would have very general readouts on what the exterior environment is consisting of. Just like, can you breathe this? Check yes, (laughs) check no. (laughs) Is poison? (laughs) No breathe, poison. Will will kill you? (laughs) True or not true? It just says bad. (laughs) (laughs) The bad light's on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, nope, still the bad light. All right, yeah. good to know. If anything, right now, the good light is on. Ooh. It seems as though there is still breathable atmosphere. This is the bad light. So yeah, no, still no gravity. You're still f- floating in zero G, but there is apparently air in here. Oh, uh, wait. I saw a movie once where they took their helmets off because there was breathable air and then a bunch of fucking aliens got in them. I'm not taking my fucking helmet off. Yeah. This, uh, yeah. Because the spores from the trees flew into their ear holes. Yeah. Bunch of scientists, my ass. Right? <laughs> I almost fell into the trap. I almost fell into the trap. You, you worth said a shot. Spore, you said the spores and I was like, read... Uh, the happening isn't Prometheus. I was just, I was just thinking that. Spores, uh, what movie is that? Uh, it's Alien Covenant is how they get in it. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> movie heavy episode. So. Yeah. We're not actually funny. All we do is make references. <laughs> yeah. Y'all, all of us need to go outside Ooh. and like touch some grass or something. No, I this isn't the happening. It didn't help. Yeah. <laughs> the spores. <laughs> As you come into this hallway, you see that it quickly subdivides into several smaller thoroughfares. When I say smaller, the ceilings here are still roughly 15 feet tall and about 10 feet wide. It's a pretty big course that would allow people to move backwards and forwards without bumping into each other. There is signage that points towards several locations. Of course, there's the bridge, which you know is located somewhere above you as well as navigation, the chapel, cruise quarters, and forward batteries. To the bridge? Yeah. Yeah. Seems like the logical choice, yeah. Hmm. Okay. Good place to start. While we're going, I just kind of want to keep an eye out for any sort of, like, extra... I don't know if there's signage or anywhere about anything i don't know i just want to keep an extra eye out kind of just be a little more hypersensitive for for things okay do you want to give me some kind of perception check of some yeah. kind? yeah yeah i think i i could do that do you have any special specializations in perception I that might help you don't i don't have any perception it is a d6 but I don't have any perception okay sounds yeah, like a, a careful to me yeah careful okay please get a perception specialization that's called total situational awareness <laughs> okay this ain't ain't my strong suit but yeah bold perception i wouldn't exactly, yeah so that's yeah. a that's a four so Ooh. i don't notice shit which i just stepped in i didn't see it it was there this whole time it's really impressive you stepped in it considering you're in zero gravity yeah. i know very impressive as you are traversing the halls of this seemingly desolate 
spaceship. Yeah, you don't really notice anything. The only thing that catches your eye is the fact that almost every door you pass is open. Oof. Are there any bodies in the ship? None that you see. So the thing that I'm thinking is that the bodies were like cleaned up by someone and then the like cargo doors were opened and they were left they were put out after whatever happened here. It's possible. Or there was like a hack that opened all the doors simultaneously. Yeah. It was how how opened the pod bay doors. Oh wow. Oh, Mike did say that this is Smart House, maybe. I'm glad that Smart House was where we went instead of <laughs> 2001. Yeah, like, thank you for reminding me that that movie exists. Gladly. I forgot. <laughs> Early when 2000s, to... Pierce Brosnan joint, I will never forget. <laughs> when do we get to the, like, the Disney Channel original movie episodes? Or, like, when do we get to the Brink episode? Mom's dating a vampire. <laughs> oh, Yeah. Well, we got to get past Luck of the Irish first, and then we'll I, talk. I, oh, my God. I was cool. trying. I was like, Luck of the Elvish? Is that anything? <laughs> oh, what about 13th year? 13th year? Well, mm. that's that'll, <sighs> that'll be after all the Halloween towns. Oh, yeah. of course, of course, of course. Yeah. Although wow. we did. <laughs> 13th year was technically the first episode of Matt Kong. <laughs> 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 Surprising lack of mermaids, though, in our, yeah. our two and a half years. We didn't go to Zone on Zero. You didn't? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Pushing up through the corridors, you follow a red line that is painted on the uh, floor here. It is pretty easy to navigate in the ship. It seems as though they designed it to be easy to navigate. Who knew? Wayfinding. And you eventually find your way to a lift. That has no power. Ah, oh, nuts. Hmm. Do we need to use the lift? I mean, we could just float. Do you want to pry open the doors? Yeah. Hmm. I can try that. I might might need a little help from somebody, but... Sure. Yeah, I can try to help with that. How, how would we manage that? Uh, seeing as we are floating in zero gravity. Jetpacks. Oh, uh, yeah. Jetpacks are designed to, like, push you through zero G. Yeah, little jets of uh, emulsion and little bursts of O2 that shove you. Dang it. I wanted, like, a Rocketeer style one. <laughs> well, that's for flying in uh, actual in gravity. Yeah. yeah. That would kill you in a place like this. And Damn it, fine. Amari is in the mech suit, correct? No. Mech yeah. suit is I was is just about to bad. say, I think we maybe need the mech suit. Okay, so I'm going to have to go back. We're going to have to reopen that door that we already opened. And then bring it in. I don't understand. Well, but it's not locked anymore. I don't anymore. understand why no. you don't just have a little fob key. I like... do have a fob. I have a fob autopilot for doors. There's no doors on the battlefield, right? Oh. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we're right, literally fighting, fighting against like, like spaceships, so there are sometimes doors. It's fine. I don't know how this works. It's a ground pilot, not a space thing. Well, um, I can call it. It's fine if if y'all want me to. 
Or you could spend an experience point and just say that you brought it. Nope. <laughs> I need that XP for leveling up. I'm hoarding it like a dragon. We can get uh, XP from just playing the game. You could also power the doors. That's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 Florian, if you require uh, some gravity to perhaps allow oh, you to shit. pry open this ship, oh. well, let's just say part of my uh, time <laughs> uh, <laughs> this past week was uh, learning a bit of a, a craft of sort. Uh, you've seen it used a few times now, obviously. I, I wouldn't use it as lethally as I've used it in the past. Yeah. Just a, just a bit less. Um, obviously, you don't got to make sure um, you get those numbers just right. Just go I'm right gonna... to lethal and then back it off a little bit. Just, just <laughs> enough. Much just on the verge of death. Trust Oswald. I'm going to go stand back there. <laughs> I've been standing <laughs> back there for five minutes. I'm gonna go stand with Amari while you're yeah, doing back. this. Just uh, yeah. I suppose it might be easier to to just power the lift, but just, the, the odds of you crapping out your spine are minimal. <laughs> just so minimal. Astronomical, <laughs> even <laughs> a little astronomy joke. It would be um, uh, highly improbable. Uh, nothing improbable ever happened. Space. I mean, yeah, that sounds good. Okay. Oh, oh. So, Oswald, do you want to attempt to? Hey, listen, if you crush me, I'll kill you in real life. (laughs) (laughs) Now, if I roll too good or if I roll too poorly, you gotta get to that Goldilocks zone, right? (laughs) What is the Goldilocks zone, Mike? It's the habitable zone around surrounding a star. Yeah, Yeah. we're not in it. This is. Did you end up getting a specialization in your gravity powers? I did. Okay. Then the the difficulty is a little less now that you've specialized in this. It is only an incredible role (laughs) to functionally create a small pocket of gravity around someone to let them pry open a door. Uh, Incredible. I'm struggling to remember. Is 25. Ooh, that's a lot. Hey, you why can don't we just do power it. the lift? <laughs> <laughs> or, or, we just spend four void dice and immediately succeed. I Power I the lift! Do, I, I like both, both the spending the, the void dice option and Oswald <laughs> calculating it and being like, oh, wait, I can't do this. Now, wait a minute. Um, he's like doing the math in his head, so I'd have to... Actually, it is more likely that it's going to kill you. <laughs> there is a distinct possibility. I might have to um, fine-tune it. Uh, I've only managed to crush things. <laughs> it would be the first time I haven't crushed something with it. I should have started with that information, but hey, hey here we who, are. Who wants to compare the lift? <laughs> you don't need I'm, I'm all the cartilage in your body, right? I mean, How I do you like feel about it? being a foot shorter? <laughs> Short but squat. <laughs> Same amount of mass. Same amount. <laughs> exact same amount. Yeah. It's like when you take a, a a JPEG and just shrink the height. <laughs> You're literally compressing the pixels. Yeah. <laughs> that hurts. 
I mean, depending on how it goes, you could be intermingling atoms on the atomic level, you know, just squishing them all together. That's bad. You see how that's bad, right? <laughs> oh, yes. That would be terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Quite painful, actually. Nightmarishly painful. <laughs> on a cellular level. <laughs> uh, subatomic, actually. Um, so what right. you doing? Who's power? Who's power this thing? <laughs> how about I use my battery? How, how, how many times can I use this thing before it, it is depleted? You brought one of the personal sized ones? Yeah. It has uh, Oh go ahead. Three aether die in it. Okay. Probably should save that for something a little bit more important. Uh I'll go ahead and use an aether point. We do have a big one too though, right? Did you bring that with you from the shuttle? Yeah, I thought we took it on the sled with us. Oh you've got a sled with you, okay. Yes, yeah, we were uh, oh I thought we were all had personal ones, but it makes sense if we have a sled to have a big just one big one. One sled. One big sled. Easy to keep track of. Okay. All right. Yeah. Is that- Amari bringing? Who's who's dragging the sled? I mean, I probably Florian, the literal pack animal of this no. fucking party. Like, it's a bad look. Yeah, optics on that one aren't great. You did yeah. it to yourself though. So, is it? Would it be bad if I called you Balto? That's, is that that's like a fictional dog, right? <laughs> yeah, but. <laughs> No, but I don't. I, I I'm so mad oh, that you're sorry, like a cowboy. Fucking, because I keep doing your voice. Oh my god! <laughs> Damn it! Okay, so hooking this generator up to the door, it would deplete it of uh, an aether die, so mm-hmm. it only has nine left. Oh darn! And the door would power up with a sound that. Actually, you could hear, because there is air in here, there's a a soft ding as the door opens, and then it would immediately lose power again. Oh, shit. The door would remain open, but the power just stops. Is that unusual? You don't know where it would have gone. Yeah. Because it seems like usually when we power something, it, like, remains within the system until the function has been used. Yeah. And even then... Maybe a little bit longer, depending on the amount of aether you use and the, like, that door behind you, the airlock, that's still got power, at least for a little yeah. while. Yes. Hmm. Uh, Some sort of etheric leech on the ship. There's two etheric leeches on the ship, actually. <laughs> Currently. Perhaps a third. Or there could be some sort of system in place diverting power to, you know, keeping the oxygen remaining. Something this like that. Could be. Yes, I am quite impressed with the fact that there's still oxygen at all. Keep in mind, there is oxygen. There is no light. So no. everything you're doing here, you're doing in absolute darkness, but for the flashlights you have. Are they the type Spook? of like flashlights that are attached to the helmets? That sounds or like something you would have physically... need to specify. I mean, I was thinking it, you know? <laughs> Well, I have, as we know, Lisbon, you and I are drift compatible, but uh, unfortunately, we're having to separate during these times, so I couldn't quite read your mind just now. Damn it, COVID! (laughs) Yeah, that's fine. I guess we didn't really specify what kind of, I guess, what the setup on these spacesuits is. 
You want like shoulder mounted lights or something or yeah. lights mounted on the helmets. That seems reasonable. Or okay. like the the harness ones where you just attach it to your chest. Yeah. Whatever you, what is your, your personal aptitude for light is. Mm. Hell, if you want to do those in theoretically inclined of you could probably just make something on your person glow. Oh, yeah. Including yourself. Bioluminescence. That's cool. Yeah, I'm using a flashlight. Yeah, I have a flashlight. <laughs> like a normal person. Would that cost ether to do that? No, not necessarily. You're you're using your etherics to make it work, but you're more completing a circuit than actually powering it. Can I make it look like my bones are glowing through me? That would cost you so, a the worst possible one that to cost, do. That's cost you <laughs> real human money that you have to give me for making me think about it. You have okay. to Venmo me five dollars for well, it. So well, Oswald wants so to look like not. the bad guy from Batman Beyond. Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What, oh god. But like What's short and a bird. Blight or something. Yeah, but it's blight. Like short and a bird. What was that dude's name? Are you looking it up? It's blight. I don't remember. Oh, it was blight. I blight. Have... I just saw. Okay. I just watched an episode of Batman. God, that show is so good. Yeah. It's on HBO Max. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. But yeah, with your flashlight sweeping the beams, moving back and forth, you are looking down into a still black uh, elevator shaft, bereft of lift. Oh, oh well, that's fine. Oh yeah, that's what we were trying to do in the first place. Yes, the door is open. It just now also still doesn't have power. Up we go. Okay, bringing the sled. And battery with you up a sheer vertical incline, while not impossible, is tricky. The lift is large enough to... Would it take some sort of roll? No, I'm just letting you know the quarters you're moving through now are very cramped because of this maneuver. So we kind of have to be one at a time? Yeah, like one above, one below, and one to either side of the... Uh, the the sled to propel it upwards as well. It does not have okay. any means of propulsion on its own. Right. right. To make sure it doesn't, you know, bump too much into any walls. Mm-hmm. Or doesn't sense. tip over. Because um, again, no gravity. Uh, I can go on the, like, bottom side of it to kind of, like, keep it steady and also, uh, the word, level. <laughs> God. So if everybody else wants to kind of just, like, guide it. Looks yeah. for me. And I'll be on one of the sides. You go up several levels. You pass by closed lift doors. And eventually you reach a level where on the interior of the shaft, you can see that there are markings on either of the doors that would probably be for maintenance staff to see. You wouldn't be able to necessarily see these if you were in the lift. But eventually you do pass some markings that indicate that this is the command bridge. And you are met by another closed door. If you wanted to power it from this side, totally possible. Yeah, let's do it. Do that with your generator again? Let's do it, yeah. Yeah. Okay. You now have eight aether left in the generator, but the door opens. Again, quite quickly, the power that opens the door flees into some other system, being drawn away from the door. But the door does open. And it opens up onto a long command bridge that, again, none of you would necessarily find familiar, having not served aboard Imperial Navy ships. It consists of a large central platform with 
what is most likely a shipboard hollow display that's meant to display the the ship itself as lo- as well as its surrounding environment via holographic projection. Presumably hmm. the captain of the ship and the officers would stand at this holographic display. Meanwhile, there are banks of terminals in the round in this largely ovoid room where they kind of are down in a depression to either side of the platform in the center and then go up the the vaulted nearly like I said, ovoid chamber in kind of an egg shape. So you've got this vaulted stadium-like banks of consoles to either side of this central platform where the captain and the EXO and other officers would stand. The banks of consoles are all dark. This place is still has oxygen, but no power. Okay. So, mm, okay, that's strange. Because I guess I was kind of assuming that whatever... I don't know, that there'd be some indication in here of what other system is uh, the the power is diverting to. Hmm. That is a weird. Perhaps it's leading to the batteries that are towards the front of the vessel, is that correct? Uh, by batteries, I meant guns, just oh. to be clear. Well, probably not, though. Never mind. Yeah, batteries is a shipboard term. Yep. Mm-hmm. Using boat talk. Her, so. <laughs> and so we're now at kind of the not opposite necessarily but we're at the far end from where like the warp drive would be yes not the the prow of the ship you know is dominated by a location that was labeled as the chapel as well as the forward batteries you are kind of behind that mm-hmm. somewhere below you and down should be navigation there are the the broadside guns along the upper decks, basically going back on your left and your right, port and starboard, if you will. And then eventually at the far end of the ship, yeah, is the warp drive and engineering. And to be clear, I probably just assume we're asking in every space we come into, no bodies? You do not see any bodies. There is definitely evidence that there were people here, though. As opposed to everywhere else on the ship, there is, as you're shining your lights around, little things that begin adding up to signs of some kind of fight happening on this bridge. There is burn marks of maybe gunfire. It's tough to say precisely. There's little dried splotches here and there that's probably very old blood. If I were to investigate it, could I maybe piece together what happened Aragorn style? Now that you've name-checked Aragorn, yes, you absolutely can. (laughs) My captain, my king. (laughs) (laughs) Don't Uh, kick the helmet and break your toe, actually. Yeah, Yeah. I'll I'll try not to. Based on the fact that it is really dark in here and you're putting together all of these clues based on what you can see in flashlights the fact that you don't have access to any of the shipboard systems or monitors this is a hard roll that's fair can i maybe assist oh yes do you have a talent that might be able to assist with this i have survival so literally putting it together aragorn style (laughs) (laughs) yeah that sounds good what's your survival die uh only a d6 but fine 
and then I'm going to. You said a hard roll. Yes, so twenty That's is the number to hit. 20. Could technically do it, but I'm going to use an aether die. Almost eighteen. Mike, I'm going to give you a void die. Thank you, sir. Mm-hmm. May I have another? I did roll a one, though. <laughs> <laughs> So the answer is yes. Yes. <laughs> you may immediately have another. And you may immediately roll another. Oh, boy. That's a four. Okay. 23. Mm-hmm. The scene you're putting together here is slowly, it looks as though, it, it, it's odd. The, the blood that you see doesn't appear to be the result of any of the gunshots that you're also seeing. The gunfire seems to be having happened after whatever caused this blood. The more disturbing thing you find is that the the dried blood is mixed with bits and pieces of what you quickly discover to be pieces of console. And as you're looking around, you see there are what looks like bite marks on consoles here and there. Nope, pack it up, folks. <laughs> nope. Ooh. Are we dealing with the machine vampire from the Buzz Lightyear TV show? Now that is a deep pull. Yeah, that's a good show, actually. <laughs> if you like Buzz Lightyear. If you don't, it's probably not going to be your best show. To but, watch. like, pieces of equipment from consoles have been gnawed off, bitten, and broken away. Does this sound like anything? Got a knowledge check for me? Yeah, I can do a knowledge check. I don't know what it would be other than wouldn't be a theory of physics. I guess I could see if like if there's any record historically speaking of something like this. I don't know. Fifty-eight. So you're doing a history check with what specialization? I'm just gonna do uh, history as the specialization. Okay. Um, what kind of role am I looking at here? Uh, what tactic are you taking, you mean? Or what's the uh, difficulty? Oh, no, I'm going to go with Clever for, okay. for tactic. Yeah. Uh, based on what you roll, I'll give you different information. information. Yeah. Gotcha. higher you roll, the more information you'll get. So, the the lowest you can possibly get and still succeed is a 10. Mm. Uh, I am going to... I'm going to use another Aether point. This okay. Using uh, Magic Ritalin to focus little Oswald. Yep. Everything becomes centered. Oh, hey! 18. 18, okay. The idea of something eating technology isn't unheard of. There are silicon-based life forms, and there are spacefaring life forms that just eat aethite to survive. That's a thing. There are space slugs out there that'll latch onto ships and just eat away at conduits and thrive on the power that it provides. Seeing literal bite marks in shipboard consoles is a little bit more specific, though. Mm-hmm. There aren't a ton of things that you know of with a sapient jaw profile like what you're seeing here that might try to gnaw at 
an etheric console like this. The only thing that comes to mind, and it's not a pleasant thought, is ghouls. Ah. Uh, excellent. I mean, he said graveyard. And yeah. uh, what do I know about uh, ghouls? There are, there's a specific kind of radiation that occurs every once in a while out in the galaxy called Kemlerian radiation. It is kind of an anti-aether, is how a lot of people think about it. Mm. It infects people. It turns them into the undead. And the undead have a singular hunger for aether. Now, the most ample way to get that is by devouring it from the flesh of the living. Because otherwise you're eating crystals and gemstones and other things with aether in them. It's a horrific form of pica that eventually drives one to either cannibalism or eating things that should not be edible. And eventually, that kind of behavior will kill you one way or the other. Either people will kill the cannibal, or you're eating something that shouldn't be eaten. At which point, you stop being a ghoul and you start being a zombie. Because that anti-aether makes you into what is most technically, and Oswald would know the technical v veracity of this, a meat oh. elemental of sorts. Oh. Um, news of, uh, not, not a, <laughs> I almost did it again. There is a distinct possibility that there is what is known in some circles as a meat elemental on this vessel that feasts on aether, first on the aether within living organisms such as us. But then once it has no other options, it turns into eating, I don't know, the ship. So that's, that's a possibility, just based on... My Minor observations and uh, uh, Florian's excellent assistant. Great. I think that's a good place to end tonight's episode as you've made this terrifying discovery aboard the dead floating ship, the Demetrius. But of course, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at MatcomRPG. That's spelled M-A-T-C-O-M-R-P-G. We also have an email address, which is MaterialComponentsRPG at gmail.com. We always love hearing from all of our listeners. You can find me on Twitter at Elliot C. Lewis, where I post art and post about MatCom. You can also find links to my Patreon and Society6 stores there, so you can help support me. You can find me on Twitter at CryOutOlivia, um, where I talk about all sorts of stuff, including mostly tabletop RPGs. Uh, come hang out. If you want to find me on Twitter and Instagram, you can find me at The Readamus, where I post lots of pictures of my adventures and tweets about my shenanigans. I also run the Matcom RPG Instagram account, so you can also find us there at Matcom RPG. And you can support us by rating and reviewing our podcast on whatever platform you're listening to. And when you do, include the name of an NPC in the subject line of the, of the review, and we will put that NPC into this campaign. 
That is absolutely true. And when you do, you can also find me on Twitter at MKGurgoni, where I'm always happy to talk about all things Matcom and tabletop RPGs, such as our good, good friend Omatep, who you can also find on Twitter at NPC underscore AN, because even though he is not in this campaign yet, he is, of course, an important NPC. Thank you all so much for listening, and as always, the world, the galaxy, is chaos. So please, be kind to one another. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye.